now he's choosing to make this flat, frozen hell his permanent home. Because he's fallen in love he's with fall- people. There. Yes, he has his friends, his work, his, his you know, life career, is there, and that. he is staying in that flat, frozen hell of Kansas City. I think you said that about five times. You should not <laughs> say that so much. From First Community Church in Columbus, Ohio, this is Still Listening with Julie and Glenn Miles. Welcome to Episode 2. Welcome back to Still Listening with Julie and Glenn Miles. We're glad to be here with all of you. We got really good feedback on our first podcast and lots of good suggestions and ideas. We want to talk about some of those today. I hope we won't be able to get to all of them, but we'll, we'll pull out some that, that really kind of stuck out to us and and um, have some responses for you. I think we'll, we'll have a good time. We want you to keep uh, writing in, sending your ideas and topics to us. We'll certainly be uh, willing to reflect on as many as possible. Uh, the first one, and this is this that we saw on our on the uh, glennmiles.org page, uh, was from my mom. And so I'm sorry to all the others who posted, but I got to talk to my mom first. My mom wants us to do a video. She really liked the podcast, and she wants us to do a video each time. And so, Mom, here's my response. Uh, no. Uh, we, we have um, uh, decided that we want to do uh, lots of uh, record audio recordings, but uh, video is too worrisome. We're too scared to be on, on screen. Not really, but that just that just kind of changes the, uh, the, the aspect and the tone of what we're doing. So thanks, Mom, for listening. And keep listening because we're always going to talk about you, I'm sure, almost every week. And Emily Wilson uh, sent in an interesting one. She says, I imagine it's very difficult to be a pastor's wife because you must have to give up your own calling for your husband's career. A future podcast, we'll get into this a little bit more, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about my chosen career in life as a court-appointed special advocate, that I've been fortunate um, wherever we've moved to get plugged back into that program, and uh, that started in San Diego 27 years ago. Thanks, Julie. There's another uh, comment from Janelle Rogers about being a a new mom, 18-month-old baby boy, and Thinking about the impact that children's programming, youth programming at First Community Church will have on your child. Um, she's asking for any advice that we might have on connecting our children to God and the church and, and wants to hear about that. So, um, first of all, a pastor's family struggles just as much as anyone else's family does. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm whining, but sometimes it's a little tougher because um, the I There's feel, some expectations. Yeah, pastors, kids. I, I feel pressured that my kids look good and act act well and do all of that, and by the same time, by the same token, they feel that pressure too, and so that just creates more pressure. And if you've got a family, you know that um, uh, when kids feel like mom and dad are pushing on them, that that just can't can't always be positive. So one of the things we try to do is uh, listen to our kids, uh, respect them, respect their opinions and thoughts and ideas. Our oldest son, Nate, um, uh, is a, a brilliant kind of thinker, a philosopher. He reads a ton of philosophy and and uh, has constantly and continually since uh, he learned to speak, uh, which was about two days after he was born. Uh, he has uh, challenged and, and pushed and, and, and brought really some really good stuff into my into my life and our lives. Um, it's, it's our son, Nate, that I credit with introducing me to the philosophy of Lao Tzu, uh, a Chinese philosopher who lived uh, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus. And um, he was never afraid uh, at youth group to challenge people when they would give status quo answers to um, real hard, tough questions. questions yeah, yeah, and he would. Uh, he was always known to uh, push back. And then Stephen, by the same token, our, our youngest son, um, 
is is an actor and a very thoughtful, smart guy, and, and he too has lots of ideas uh, of his own. Um, and he's found church to be a place where where his ideas were given uh, given the freedom to to blossom. Uh, he's also uh, more than happy to give his dad advice on on how to preach and how to move in the pulpit and and all that sort of thing too. And um, most of the time, that's kind of fun to have him around. So I I think that's a long way of saying uh, Janelle that that. Um, we recognize that it's a, it's a struggle. It's a, it's been a struggle for us at times. It's been a joy for us at times. And that's just kind of part of what it means to bring your kids up in the, in the faith. And we'll talk more about that too later yep. down the road. That's we'll come up use later. that use that as another topic for another podcast. We thank Lauren Patrice um, for sending in her uh, topic that she wants us to talk about, and she wanted to know how we've adapted to different areas and cities and even cultures. Um, how we have found our faith to help us in those times of transition. And I think that that's going to be the focus of our podcast today is we're going to talk a little bit uh, about our lives, maybe share some humorous stories and, um, and how our paths have um, through transition have been strengthened. I, I think a lot of times that transitions, um, I've always felt that my life has been more enriched by our transitions because of how my life has, my path has crossed um, other people's paths, and it has been a very enriching experience. Yeah, Lauren's question's a good one. Uh, talk about what it was like when we moved to Tennessee from California. Um, I feel like that that was probably the most challenging transition um, for us in our early lives together. Um, I can remember you... Um, uh, suggesting that we move from California, Central California, all the way across the country to Upper East Tennessee, Johnson City, Tennessee, to be specific. To go to seminary. To go to seminary. And um, and at that time, I saw it as an adventure. And we literally sold everything we owned except for what we could fit in our little Toyota Tercel and um, started that trek across country to Upper East Tennessee. And it wasn't too long um, after we arrived in Tennessee that we discovered that we were going to have a little bit of difficulty communicating um, <laughs> with our newfound friends because um, their dialect, their language, their colloquialisms were co- totally different than um, our experience in California. Um, like that time we went to get... Uh pulled pork sandwiches and the guy said yacht slaw on it yacht slaw on it, on it. <laughs> we, had no we idea. didn't know what slaw was <laughs> slaw no just just pork thanks <laughs> but then we've soon discovered while watching other people put this cabbage stuff on their barbecue sandwiches we thought oh that's what they were saying slaw coleslaw coleslaw so um we soon found that we really enjoyed that being added to our pork sandwiches. Um, well, and that was I, part of the joy for us, wasn't it? That there were so many new things that we experienced. Yes, and I can remember uh, probably the first six months uh, of our time there that I can remember sitting on our lawn chairs that we used as our furniture inside our house for a good long while, um, crying, thinking, I literally cannot communicate with these people in this part of the country. And um, so I found it very, very frustrating. But soon, um, well, probably a year, year and a half in, I became very familiar with those same colloquialisms, and it became 
uh, a real treat to get to know them and their loving kindness and patience with us. And um, it just really won over my heart. And I can remember as we drove away three years later, I'm crying my eyes out again because I'm really going to miss this part of the world. And I could have stayed there the rest of my life. So what would you say to Lauren and to anyone like her who's wondering about uh, how you get through transitions? What were the what were the ways that you you managed all of that? I think I decided that I was going to try to put my whole self into that experience and not to try to isolate myself, but to keep uh, pushing myself to um, have experiences. And um, I just felt like it was more important to do that than to stay isolated. Out of of fear or out of frustration. Right. I remember Doug Dornhecker saying that to me. I don't know if he ever said it to you, but Doug, Doug was my boss at um, First Christian Church where I was the youth director getting ready to go to seminary. And he said, whatever you do, um, dive into everything, both feet, get as active as you can in the seminary and the, and the church you serve and all of that as, as much as you can. That'll be the best way. And it's kind of what you did too, was you just finally said, okay, I'm all in. And he got really involved in all, all the stuff. Yeah. You know, one of the things we've experienced um, by moving uh, a few times, and we've not moved that often, 14 years in Kansas City, nine years in Atlanta, seven years in California before that. So it's not like we move every two years like the preachers used to 100 years ago. Um, but one of the things we've experienced in these moves um, is something what it's like for anyone to walk into a new church for the first time. You know, even though I, as the new preacher, I may knew, know a lot of people, you'd never knew anybody, or you knew a few, but not very many. And so uh, it was it was never easy to just walk into a, a church and, and, you know, walk into the parlor or the coffee area or the, the fellowship hall or the social hall or whatever it is and start striking up conversations. Um, I think that's why I thought um, that it's really, really important not to just be a friendly congregation. Um, but um, also to be a welcoming place, which means you've got to put a little bit more effort. Um, you've got to put yourself out there a little bit more. You mean and, the church needs to? Well, and, in, and the individual needs to be able to risk a little bit and to be feel a little vulnerable. But, but in order for that to um, feel uh, less threatening is to create a church that is a very welcoming church, which means, um, uh, again, you have to have to plan, have to prepare like you would welcome anyone into your home. Um, so we've launched this new uh, ministry here at First Community Church called the Open Door Ministry. And it is going to be designed in such a way to train um, a very willing group of volunteers um, to learn how to be not just friendly, but welcoming, welcoming of uh, people from all walks of life and all faiths and, you know, that our doors are open and we're welcoming anybody and everybody through those doors to learn more about the love of God for all. Yeah, because the research shows that somebody decides within 10 minutes of parking their car uh, whether or not they're going to come back to that church. Exactly. So, that, so that really means that first interaction uh, has to be a, a positive, open, welcoming, glad you're here. I'm not sure I know you, you know, whatever it is, tell me your name or is anything I can help you with. 
Whether, and whether that's a 50-year member or somebody who's exactly. come for the very first time. It Long-time really, members need this as well. It, exactly. It permeates the whole church. And, and, you know, so for that first-time visitor who's thinking, is this the church I want to come back to? Um, they haven't had a chance to hear the great music. They haven't had a chance to be inspired by anything in the pulpit. Um, you know, they really are looking around and what, what they're it's less what they're thinking and more what they're feeling. So we want to exactly. create a feeling of, of welcome and acceptance. Exactly. In terms of how faith helps in times of transition, um, and this is, I'm sorry, Julie, but this is the preacher part of me coming out, um, is you look at the Bible and it's full of transitions. Uh, you know, Abraham has got a nice, comfortable life and, and God comes to Abraham and says, uh, I need you to go. Uh, pull up your stakes and go, and, and we're gonna we're gonna build this this new family of faith around you. And so Abraham goes. Moses is out in the desert with his family, and he's got a nice wife, and and everything is good, and he's working for his father-in-law, and the life is perfect and smooth and easy. And then God comes and says, "My people are suffering. You need to go to Egypt." Moses kind of whines and says, uh, "No, not me." But then he goes, and a whole the whole Exodus occurs, and and people are set free from slavery, and new life is given to a community. You look at all the prophets, all of them, the same kind of thing. Um, my people need a new word. You need to go. Sometimes there was reluctance. Sometimes there was avoidance. But almost always they said, okay, I'm going. Even Jesus' ministry in life was was one of transition and constant change and moving from here to there to somewhere else with this message. So I think, you know, I'm a Bible nerd. I fully confess it. But those stories um, continue to speak to us today, uh, reminding us that this has been the way um, humanity has encountered faith. And sometimes it's in those toughest, darkest There's, moments. Yeah, when it's not as easy to navigate, that makes it even more When you discover powerful. something new. We, we, we moved to Tennessee. It was hard. It was difficult. Lots of tears. And like you said, three years later, we left with, with a lot more tears because we fell in love with the people that we never thought we'd even understand. That reminds me of... Um, I'd like you to talk a little bit about our transition with children from Atlanta to Kansas City. Um, when children enter the picture, it does make the transition a little more complex. But yeah. <laughs> I, I remember the, a conversation with, with our oldest. Do we have his permission to tell this story? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember a conversation with our oldest in the hallway a month or two after we'd arrived in... Because um, we moved with way from his best friend. We, we moved from, from Atlanta to Kansas City. He was in the seventh grade. We lived next door to his best friend from kindergarten all the way mm -hmm. through. And here we were being moved to this place. And he was upset and I was upset. And it was a couple months into the move in Kansas City. And it was still cold. Yeah. It was like 25 degrees in March. And there was snow on the ground. And he, I'm standing there in the hallway outside of his bedroom at 11 o'clock at night or something. And I'm wearing a, a pair of boxers and not much else. <laughs> And he's in his pajamas and we're yelling at each other. And he says, I'm so angry at you that you made us move to this flat, frozen hell. And and then I started to laugh because it was kind of funny. And he looked at me and said, I wish the church people could see you right now. And I looked down and said, well, I'm really glad they can't. And then he kind of laughed and, well, we, we got through it. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, if you have any um, thoughts or suggestions or ideas, please feel free to make comments on, on the page. We are trying to pay attention to those, and we'll, we look forward to hearing more. I do want to let you know that coming up in a few days, we will have a special uh, guest on our podcast. That will be my mother, Jan Miles, a superstar in her own mind. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> that will be a treat. Please tune in. You will very much enjoy that conversation. It'll be fun to have mom in the studio, and, and I know that you'll have fun uh, hearing what she has to say. This is Still Listening with Julie and Glenn Miles. If you have a topic you would like for us to discuss, feel free to send it to listening at glennmiles.org.